Welcome to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond podcast. My name is Vignesh Devaraj, an Ayurvedic doctor and holistic health coach. Each week we share wisdom or interview an inspiring personality to guide you become your healthiest self. Remember, your health is your greatest asset. To all my listeners, if you are interested in learning about the healing powers of Ayurvedic herbs and spices, I'm holding an online webinar on 26th of July 2020. Please check the show notes for more information. In case you are listening to it after the 26th of July, please check our website for further details and workshops. In today's episode, I am interviewing an inspiring healer, Shaman Raki. We discuss about shamanism and ancestral healing and how to be true to yourself. Shaman Raki teaches about how to get in touch with your heart and soul and how to bring awareness in understanding which part of soul and mind plays in your emotional, psychological or spiritual sickness. She focuses on moving people from stress, fear and trauma towards love, faith, grace and power. A very inspiring interview which I highly recommend. Now we go to the episode with Shaman Raki. Thank you so much uh shaman raki for being in the part of my podcast i'm so looking forward for this insightful discussion so i hope you're keeping well and doing well namaste thank you so much dr vignesh for inviting me i am so honored to be here with you today i'm so looking forward to know more about shamanism so uh raki what exactly does the word shaman mean and what exactly is shamanism uh, a shaman is a spiritual healer mm-hmm. you can uh, say a spiritual doctor who is trained to see in the dark we work with the soul mind and the heart um and the shadow self so we work on the astral body which is the the primary domain of the subconscious mind uh, to help release unhelpful patterns of the mind uh, and all kinds of blocks and ancestral trauma mm. So you can say a shaman is a truth seeker, a bridge between worlds. So it's interesting you say like spiritual doctor. It's more like a holistic approach of healing. It is not just in a physical world, but it's much beyond. Yes, that's what you mean. Like in uh, the in the Vedic science, we have different sheets. Like you know, uh, Annamaya Kosha, Pranamaya Kosha, mm-hmm. Vitnyanamaya. I think we go into different sheets, and our body is not just a physical reality; it's much more than that. So, mm-hmm. so it sounds more like you know you go into all the sheets for healing. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, what aspect of healing do you focus on with uh, with this ideology? Uh, right now, I use everything I have learned, or I would say, I channel down everything that I've learned to help people who are suffering with anxiety, uh, stress disorders, and depression. Mm-hmm. So that is also uh, people who are suffering from burnout. Mm-hmm. So that is the the area that I focus on, and of course, also ancestral trauma, mm. which is like. a sediment which is there in the subconscious mind it is like this repository of mm-hmm. dark matter which is there in the subconscious mind so it is very important to work in different layers to understand what is causing this depression what is causing this 
this this person to burn out and so how do you help them you know if you in your experience when you see so many people with burnout where do you see these patterns coming from the biggest thing is also that they are disconnected within themselves and to the nature around them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that disconnection with their heart with the whole energy system that creates a huge drift and slowly when you live like that for a couple of years mm-hmm. you don't know your way back to your authentic self mm-hmm. and your soul you know self itself is again an identity so you you don't go beyond what you see with your eyes you forget to remember so my my work is also always about reconnecting people back to who they are who they truly are inside that's interesting you say you know it's about reconnecting to your true self you know in in ayurveda we have this concept called as swastha mm-hmm. uh, which actually means uh, swa means my purest self and sta means to be connected mm-hmm. so it's all about connecting to your truest self that gets you mm-hmm. there and what is your story behind coming to this shamanism and finding this so how did you get into this and what was your uh, aha moment that got you into this <laughs> oh a long story but i will keep it short mm-hmm. um in one way i have always had a multidimensional reality mm-hmm. or i always knew that there was there were many different layers in me so i was very aware as a, a young child so it must have started when i was 6 or 7 uh, that that age i started having a lot of visions and dreams and um so my father who uh, is a disciple of swami chinmayananda he initiated me uh, before mm-hmm. the age of 5 to to yoga and meditation and also started uh, teaching me so he is my 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 first guru and mm-hmm. i'm very blessed that i got to uh, be in the same house and you know he he is also my father mm-hmm. so he uh, he helped me to to understand a lot of things in shaktism in in kundalini in raja yoga from a very young age mm-hmm. so um, everything about you know self control discipline um, concentration meditation uh, breath work um, you know yoga and even also uh, pratyahara you know, the, the withdrawal of the senses so a lot of um, a lot of these beautiful beautiful wisdom was there at home for me to to practice and to to learn and to unlearn uh, so when i got a little bit older i was also questioning everything mm-hmm. <laughs> i was always um i was not the kind of a child uh, a lot of indian parents would have liked to have because i always would question things mm-hmm. until i would really experience things by myself so that 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 real experience was something uh, which always helped me to realize 
what works for me, what, what feels right in my heart. So, um, so anyway, so when I learned all this, I still felt that there, is, there are things that are not really um, coming to light. Mm-hmm. I felt that there were still things inside of me that I, I couldn't really put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. But I really clearly knew that at one point I knew that I am feeling things emotionally, you know, on an emotional level, not just for myself. Mm-hmm. So that is when I really started um, understanding about ancestral trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, ancestral trauma is, um, it is, yeah, in, in a psychological uh, way, they, they call it the transgenerational trauma or the intergenerational trauma, mm-hmm. which is the trauma that gets passed on or that gets transferred in between generations. Mm-hmm. So it is a very complex you know, post-traumatic stress disorder mechanism, which shows up as anxiety, uh, depression, and also all kinds of other psychological problems. Mm -hmm. And uh, this field of research is relatively young uh, in a conventional science and therapy system, but it has been um, expanded. You know, they're trying to expand this in the recent years Mm -hmm. because they, they have always... Uh, or continuously seen how shamans are able to help and how shamans were already um, working with this wisdom for hundreds and thousands of years. Mm. Shamanic wisdom has always said that there is something called ancestral trauma. So science is, is catching up to it now. And a lot of therapy systems have been developed based on taking few aspects of the shamanic wisdom. Mm-hmm. So when I um, received this, this guidance from, from one of my masters, I, I quickly understood that this is it. This is something that, that I need to, to look deeper into. I need to learn to know what is my pain and what is not my pain. So mm-hmm. I, I understood and felt that I'm carrying a lot of burden, a lot of baggages for my, my grandmother, my, my mother, my great-grandmother, and also my, uh, yeah, my great-grandparents. So it's not just from your grandmother. It can also be from a, a, you know, a grandfather. Mm-hmm. So an ancestral, I mean the, the histories, the lives, the experience, you know, the, the both good and bad experiences of our parents and grandparents. And back into the distant past, you know, through, through what stays alive in our bloodline. Mm-hmm. So I, um, so I learned that it can be seven to fourteen generations prior to us, you know. And our subconscious mind it contains all the suppressed, forgotten, lost, and active memories and dimensions for ourselves, and and basically also for all all of a lineage and, and which extends out to all humanity. So there is a lot that is there in each of our subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So uh, to know that, of course, I didn't really have, uh, I, uh, for me at that moment, all the wisdom I, I had at home and from my, my masters there, it didn't, uh, it was, I felt that I still need more. I still wanted to to go on 
this journey to find my home. So for me, that, that, that place of home was not felt from the inside. Mm-hmm. So I was always looking for that particular place also because I had very vivid memories of my past life. Mm-hmm. So uh, from very early on, I would ask my parents, uh, when will you bring me home? This is not my home. What is my real name? Mm-hmm. I know this is not my name. So <laughs> not the kind of conversations parents would love to have with their young child. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I was, uh, I think when I was 21, or 22, when I finished my research master's in philosophy and religion, I, I, I knew exactly that, okay, this is, this is my research. This is the, the area that I want to, to learn more and really feel and connect more. And I knew, I somehow knew that, or I felt that I will not find these missing puzzles in my home, you know, mm-hmm. with my parents. Mm-hmm. That was, Somehow, you know, that, that's something that I thought. So I, I started on this beautiful um, journey from, from Kerala all the way to the borders of Tibet, I, in Nepal, uh, uh, to many, many, many holy pilgrim places around India. Uh, but I started in Mumbai uh, as a social worker. So uh, karma yoga was, again, my way of reaching out to the world. I didn't want to be cut off from the world doing my work. I knew, always knew that uh, I want to, to somehow do good for, for myself, but also want to, to help people who are suffering like me. And uh, not just me, I, I, uh, I've only seen my grandmother as a mental patient. She was uh, depressed all her life. And I also uh, had an uncle who committed suicide because of depression. So um, at that time I was younger, so I didn't have my, uh, I didn't really have the guts, the courage to stand up and say uh, that, oh, I I think there is another way. You know, when you were young and also uh, struggling with my own uh, issues, I always felt that, okay, who am I to receive this guidance? You know, who am I to, to, to be able to put this together. Why would this wisdom come to me? I, I, yeah, I'm just a nobody, you know, I'm just really not um, having any kind of extra something to, to, to be receiving this kind of a wisdom. So I, I left home and then during my, my karma yoga time as a volunteer and also really being a, a pilgrim, I, started deeply connecting to my my spiritual practices which i left for a little while when i was in college like a lot of young people i also really wanted to fit in and i thought oh everything that i've been learning it's just not that's not how the world is so i I need to learn new skills to 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 do things like other people so uh but when i started on this pilgrim uh this, this pilgrimage or being this this pilgrim, I really went back into my my deep layers, and I reconnected to the wisdom that I learned from home. So, including you know uh, all of these meditation techniques and all of these beautiful, wise stories and uh, wonderful um, poetry and everything that that 
can light up anyone's soul. So I dived back into that, even, even art. So a lot of these things were happening during that time when I was traveling. So I've, um, so once when I was in, uh, in, in, when I was in Varanasi, I got this, this beautiful vision that I have to go to Siddhabari where Swami Jinmayananda's Samadhi is. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I went to Siddhabari and that is again, it was again a beautiful time of a lot of visions and revelations and also really helping me see that we are not alone in this mm-hmm. world. We have so many masters, physical and also outside of this particular world we have so much guidance and help but if only we will look for it if only we will stay true and connected to who we are and not what the society wants us to be or the society teaches us to be mm-hmm. so during that time i i really put a lot of these little and big puzzles together but then uh, while the time I was in uh, Ladakh, I got this dream. I, I received this dream that my father needs me. So I immediately started my journey back home. So mm-hmm. those days it's only train. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, of course there were flights, but I couldn't afford the flights. So, mm-hmm. uh, so it's a long journey all the way you know, from, from one side of India coming down to to Kerala so it took me some time but when I reached home I saw that my father was bedridden mm-hmm. so um, I was always a good nurse so I immediately very gratefully happily took on that the duty to to take care of him so we would have these beautiful philosophical discussions again and all the stories of my my the travels and he was he is a nomad so Mm -hmm. (laughs) he always loved to travel and so he loved hearing all these beautiful stories but one morning um uh, i will keep it short i i I woke up hearing a loud noise and i i i found my father laying in a pool of blood so he had this internal bleeding and uh yes it was but it really was one of the most profound moments of my life. You know, I, I walk into this space and I, I, I don't know how, what kind of strength got into my, I was, I just lifted him up and his, his, his head, you know, really in my arms. And I, I looked at him and I, uh, I, I call him Appa. So I said, Appa is father you know, in, in Malayalam uh, or in Tamil. So I said, Appa, it's okay. It's okay, you fell down and you're hurt, but it's okay, you will be all right. And I was so calm, I was so peaceful and calm, and I could see my father's eyes going different and his pupils were were were, were different, and I literally saw the soul coming out from his body. And that time it it really helped me see who I really am. I was so composed and calm and and everything is happening just within seconds. You know, I look at him and I say, you are going to be all right. And in that moment, I'm having this conversation with with the spirit, with, mm-hmm. with God or goddess or whatever you call it. And because this is a man who has never, never, never 
gone through a day without praying two times. Mm. So I have this conversation with, with the universe and I'm telling the universe, I am not leaving my father to die like this. He mm-hmm. deserves a better death. Mm-hmm. He is not going to die today. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, if somebody would ask me now, did you see God? I would say, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Because what happened in that magical moment, mm-hmm. in those few seconds or minutes, it really, it really helped me in unimaginable ways. So I managed to 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 um, help my dad. We we uh, he's still alive. So you know, the universe has been extremely kind to us. So that moment, I realized that I am a shaman. Mm. I've been running from from that responsibility, that duty, that beautiful calling all my life. I have been running. I've been you know going every pilgrim place, every temple, every forest, every mountain to find myself. And I found myself in my home, you know, really mm-hmm. with my, with the people that I thought were, who were limiting me. You know, mm-hmm. I felt that my, my circumstance was limiting me to expand into learning about myself. So I had to come back home to find that one last piece mm-hmm. or one of the, the main puzzles that I was always looking for. So I understood that I was running away from myself. So when I really embraced myself as a person who, who is able to connect and see soul, see the energy bodies to go into an astral space, that's when I really owned my, my, myself, my power, my wisdom. So that is the, the time that I, I understood that there is no going back for me. Mm-hmm. This is what I've come here to do. I can run and run away from home and you know, travel the world, <laughs> go, go hide in, in, in forests, but that's not my place. This is my place right here and my home that what i was looking for that's the state of mind it's really beautiful so how as you, you did. Uh, thank you i mean uh, you know the, i hope my story helps oh yes helps yes. people to realize that it's inside the wisdom the light the darkness the shadow everything is inside us mm-hmm. so there is no no finding anything outside of us there is a statement, uh, uh, I think it was Mark Twain who said that. There are two important days in everyone's life. The first mm-hmm. one is the day you're born. And the second most important day is the day you realize why you are born. Mm-hmm. So I think that day was your aha moment day when you realized. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely, yes. And uh, going through the story, so I'm sure, you know, this helped you understand and relate with a lot of your patients or clients who are coming up to you Mm -hmm. and you can really see, okay, I know this because I've been there. And that sense, you know, from a healer, I know how comforting it is because everybody has a need to be understood. Mm -hmm. So when you see someone with depression or PTSD or anxiety, immediately you get that. There's one thing that I want to ask you since you said that, you know, there was some 
insights of anxiety at the same time, a lot of intuition coming up and going and you're mm-hmm. extremely curious. So how to yes. differentiate anxiety and intuition? Sometimes they say beautiful, that... Beautiful question. I, yeah, a lot of people ask me this. How do you know that you, it's your wisdom speaking, right? Exactly. Yes. For that, I would say it is. Uh, there are definitely, there are definitely lots of many beautiful, beautiful ways to start from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Because right now what I see is that without teaching a child to stand up and to walk, we are trying to train that child to run a marathon. Mm-hmm. That is why a lot of beautiful spiritual practices, um, I can't say they are failing in many, many eyes, but a lot of people say that, oh, I've been meditating and doing yoga for 40 years, but nothing is working out in my life. I'm, I'm still unhappy. I have a lot of problems that are not, I can't, I can't, really connect to myself or I have a lot of struggle uh, sleeping or so what I feel is that we have to go back we have to really go back and start from the ground practices and also you know practice forgetting the self at least once a day you know, free fall into the act of uniting with, with something other than the self that you identify with. It can be music, it can be art, cooking, you know, poetry, helping someone in need or, you know, gardening or having a cup of tea or just simply walking. Or, and, of course, to, to practice meditation to to cultivate good eating habits that's when um, ayurveda comes in mm-hmm. because i i've i was very blessed again very fortunate to um, have been you know born and brought up in kerala mm-hmm. india it was uh, it made it easy to follow a good you know ayurvedic lifestyle mm-hmm. um, so as you know the five senses are our great instruments through which we interact with ourselves and also with the external world. Mm -hmm. So that must be sharp and clear. Mm -hmm. And the mind is home to our consciousness. So it it should be centered and at peace. And Ayurveda understands and views the human being as an interplay of mind, body, energy, and spirit. Mm-hmm. I feel that that is the only system in the world that really understands and grasps that the profound um, wisdom that mm-hmm. we are one. It is not different. Our mind and, and, and the body and the heart is not three different things or four different things. So are you saying that so, the more we incorporate these uh daily habits like connecting Mm -hmm. with nature, the art of doing nothing and being still. Mm -hmm. That way we will be able to more connect with our intuition and then we can spot the difference between what is a monkey mind thoughts and our intuition. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is definitely a thing. But I would say that before starting spiritual practices, that's when we need to do the shadow work. 
mm. or I would say work with the soul. That is where, that is the, the, the biggest job of, of what most shamans are doing mm-hmm. is to help people clear up that part to understand why, you know, mana shuddhi and atma shuddhi, what, what, what does, what does it mean? Right. It plays in, in healing emotional, psychological and spiritual sickness. Mm-hmm. You know, when you understand the language of your soul, you know who you are. You receive great clarity along with knowing when to rest, mm-hmm. when to act. That is very, very important. And how can we flow into life? And it's a powerful step-by-step unlearning. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, you will realize what is your pain? What is your worry? Why are you suffering? Mm-hmm. Is, this, is this your suffering? Is this your scarcity that you're feeling? Mm-hmm. Because when you have a lot of ancestral trauma, trauma leaves imprints in our energy body. Now, that mm-hmm. influence our current life. And these imprints cause us to attract people and experiences that recreate and repeat the traumatic stories. Is so, there any mm-hmm. spiritual practices that you recommend uh, to the listeners? How, if there is something that we can follow, if there is an ancestral pattern inside us that is not helping us in finding our true place, what are the practices that you recommend to come out of these patterns when it comes to the ancestral patterns or it could be something that we picked up with our anxiety issues or mm-hmm. you know, and how yes, it's always it is always a combination yes. definitely we we ourselves we we have an experience on this planet so mm-hmm. that that is definitely one part and then we also have this other part from our our lineage our our parents and our great grandparents so again, the, the very first thing would be to be honest with yourself. Do not try to avoid or resist unpleasant feelings if they're rising. That is a very basic thing or the very first step. That's so important. That is very important. Who are we trying to fool? Mm-hmm. This is only about ourself and the spirit. Mm-hmm. It is only about you and the spirit. It's only about you and God mm-hmm. or, or universe or whatever you call it. It's only about that. So who are we trying to fool? Mm-hmm. So every emotion, everything that is rising in our heart and soul, we must learn to have the courage, build that courage, sit down with yourself and look into your own eyes. Ask yourself honest questions and allow yourself to receive honest answers mm-hmm. you know that is definitely the first very 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 first thing i i did which i remember and which really helped mm-hmm. but uh, to to be able to do that you must also truly understand that this is only between you and the universe mm-hmm. So for me, bhakti, that devotion played a huge part in learning to accept and surrender. That's so that is why, sorry? Yeah, that's really interesting how you put it across. 
because that really helps us in a way that no human can help. Mm-hmm. No, nobody can feel what we are feeling except for that power which is very very much inside us Hmm. so we are we must merge into that oneness to be able to understand the world from that space and any other spiritual practices that you recommend i would say uh, an ayurveda diet an ayurveda lifestyle Mm -hmm. to to definitely look at the way you consume food what mm-hmm. are you eating how are you consuming that that food mm-hmm. how are you taking in that food um, and also really be mindful about everything that that you're doing in your life it might sound very simple mm-hmm. but it is simple and with experience i know that the most beautiful profound Wisdom is always, always very simple, but that is why it is also extremely difficult for people to practice that because that is so pure. It, it takes us, especially people right now, each one of us to put in that effort mm-hmm. to simply, you know, be kind, be a good person, you know, protect the nature around you because that is you that what you're destroying outside is you as well it's uh, like there's a saying the most precious treasures are difficult to find because it's right under your nose that's <laughs> why you see getting back to the basics is so simple but it's also more difficult because we just yes. don't see it yeah that was really so fun. i was, mm-hmm. So, Go ahead. Yes, like anything else that you would like to recommend when it comes to the spiritual practices in finding your true self? I would say playfully, gently allow yourself to be a little more playful hmm. so you can flow into life because that is when that is where life is actually happening. That is where life is really vibrant and alive. Mm-hmm. When you are really able to flow into that space and transform fear to faith, power, you know, pain to power, mm-hmm. and also chaos, finding the chaos in, in balance. To be able to do that, we need to be able to flow into life. Mm-hmm. Not to be so serious with life. Yes, and not not have this push and pull relationship with life. Mm-hmm. You know, because th- that becomes a struggle. Mm-hmm. There is no beauty. There is no sacredness to it. When you are only trying to to go back and forth with life, it's a continuous struggle. So mm-hmm. then you have you are only trying to survive. So you have no time to really touch your heart and and feel the divinity inside mm-hmm. of you. What becomes sacred if you are in the survival mode, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing is sacred in that mode. 
Thank you so much, Raki. How can people get in touch with you and for your work and for the healings that you do? Do you offer it online also? Yes, yes, I do have a small online presence. Mm-hmm. So people can find find my writings and my uh, my work online. Okay, uh, could you say how people can reach out to you, your website or Instagram? And yes, my website. I have a, a an Instagram page and also a small Facebook presence. So if they would just type in Shaman Raki, then uh, I should be showing up if the spirit wants. <laughs> I will definitely add all the details in the show notes. Thank you so much, Raki, for coming for this podcast. And I really enjoyed this content that you gave. Thank you for your time, everyone. And I hope this conversation brought you, Dr. Vignesh, and your wonderful audience a value for their time. Uh, You have gifted me. Thank you and namaste. Thank you. Thank you so much.